Welcome to Rooted and Robust Podcast. This is Rooted and Robust Podcast. My name is Uzioma Anyoji. This week, I have brought to you another amazing episode. Well, today's episode, or rather this week's episode is different, not necessarily different, but um, it's, it's an inspiring story that you're going to listen to. It's not just inspiring, but it's something that we all should pay attention to, right? So... Um, especially for those that are yet to be married. If you're yet to get married, you intend to get married in the future, um, this is especially for you because the decisions you're going to take today will either affect your children positively or negatively. On the show today with me is Mary Philip, and she is a sickle cell warrior, right? Today we're going to hear her story and uh, we're going to talk extensively on why it is important that intending couple pay attention to their genotypes it's very important um what mary is going through today is something that could have been avoided if her parents knew their genotype and made um decisions based on that knowledge right all right so today i have on the show mary philip a sickle cell warrior and a sickle cell advocate Welcome on the show, Mary. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Yeah, thank you very much, Ma. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Welcome. Today we want to talk about you. We want the world to hear your story. And most importantly, we want the sensitization about sickle cell to be out there so people can make the right decisions. All right? So first of all, let's get into it. Let's meet you. Who is Mary Philip? Let's get started from there. Okay. I'm Mary Philip Boyoso. I'm a sickle cell warrior. I'm a sickle cell advocate. I'm a confidence coach and I'm a transformation speaker. All, all my life I've lived with the SS gene. So it has affected me in many ways. So it is through this that I had to dedicate my life to advocating for sickle cell. The reason why people need to know their genotype and the importance of not ignoring that message. Knowing your genotype so that we can have the next generation free from the SS gene. So mm. that's what my feel. I go to schools, I go to churches, public places to create this awareness using my own life story so people can get the message more and better. Okay, all right. Let's let's get into it. Now, people listening to um, us right now may not understand the extent, you don't understand the in-depth of what we are talking about because they are not seeing you, all right? They don't know what exactly we are talking about. So I want you to give us, like, um, help us understand what exactly you're going through. What is your your daily life like as a sickle cell warrior? Let, let's hear the depth of this story now. Okay, thank you very much. First, sickle cell, let's get to know what sickle cell is. Then I'll now relate it to what I suffer on a daily basis. Okay, sickle cell is an inherited blood disorder in which the red blood cells that carries blood all through the body is sickled and it gets stuck in the blood vessels. Mm -hmm. So 
what causes this is that two people coming together in marriage, a male and a female, having the same uh, gene, like AS and SS, or once there's a presence of SS, there's definitely going to be, they will produce a child with the sickle cell gene. Yeah. So my, my parents were not aware of this when they were going into marriage. Mm-hmm. So I'm the first sickle cell warrior in my family. We are three out of five kids. My parents are, we are three, I'm the first. And I lost my younger brother three years ago to sickle cell anemia. Wow. So this has really affected me because right from the inception, right from when I was born, according to my mom, it is at age six months that I was diagnosed of sickle cell. Mm. After delivery, I was having you know sleepless nights, pains, cries, and all that. So she didn't understand why the child was crying and all that. Yeah. The hospital visits and all that. So but it wasn't yet clear what exactly the issue was so it was at age six months when there was a, a crisis like that i was taken to the hospital a doctor now suggested he should go for a genotype test so that was where it was confirmed that i have the ss gene mm. so the background of it is my parents are not aware of that if uh, that they're not educated on that aspect so it is from yeah. that point the doctors had to educate them on what to do what to prevent you know and to be able to manage this uh, situation so that is how it has been so all my life i've suffered so many pain excruciating pains so many hospital admissions uh countable blood transfusions you know mm. i've suffered so many complications of sickle cell anemia you know so it has really affected me you know i i don't i can't meet up with my mate because there are things that I can't readily do as my mate do. There are places I cannot just readily go because when I have a plan to go out, when the crisis comes and it doesn't give signal, that is just, mm, it just this happened. crisis doesn't give signal. Yes, so when I'm stressed out, I get broken down. You know, many things affect me. So I, when I now grew up, to the age of knowing myself. So I was being taught, my parents were doing all that at first. When I got to the age of knowing what to do, I was being taught, okay, these are things I should avoid. These are things I should do, you know, prevent and all that. Mm-hmm. So I started living like that to try to live, uh, to survive in it. So it is the management process right from that time has not been easy because it's taxing. Mm. emotionally psychologically financially and otherwise so mm. i live every day in pain okay so there are, there are different um times that i had near-death experience when i fall into crisis like that mm. you know so when the crisis comes like that especially when i was uh, in my secondary school i can remember vividly i can resume school with my mates like a first day of resumption and uh, I may go to school for like two, three days, and the remaining time I'll be in the hospital. Mm. So I only come back maybe when they're about writing an examination. Exactly. So my education was being started like that. So it wasn't a smooth one, but thank God I always uh, pull through. Whenever I'm out of the crisis like that, I get back to my books. Mm. And uh, God has always been helping me like that. So there was a major 
complication I faced in the year 2004. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I wasn't aware of that complication because there, there are many complications that are associated with sickle cell anemia. Okay. There are so many. So the, and this sickle cell, how it affects, it affects person, it differs from person to person. Okay. Okay, like for me, my three siblings, there were three, my other two siblings, like among the three of us, I I always fall sick more often than they. Mm. Mine was frequent. My own uh, crisis was frequent. So I don't drink cold water. I can't sleep under the fan or AC. I can't stay out in the rain. You know, mm. I avoid everything cold. Mm. Then I sleep uh, under mosquito treated net because malaria is one major issue that she gas crisis mm. okay so then my routine drugs i'm always on it folic acid palodrine you know astimine so i'm always on those drugs then i avoid many things many as in many things all these outdoor activities i i don't get involved in because if i do i always get the the heat back okay so that was how my life has been hmm. with so much pain. Yes. It was more frequent when I was in secondary school. But after I was done with secondary school, I had a major crisis. And we didn't know. It started like a malaria. I was being treated. I went to the hospital. I was being treated for three days. I was placed on three days injection. Mm-hmm. So on the third day, I went for the final injection. On getting on me when my left feet was swollen mm. in that process. Okay, so because there are times that when the the pain the crisis lingers for long, that particular part of the body can will get swollen. Mm. Yeah, so the that is to show the severity of the crisis. So after that third day, uh, I came back. I passed out after that injection. Wow! So I was rushed back to the hospital. Guaglada Specialist Hospital. The hospital I was taking treatment at that time, before we went to Guaglada, was a general hospital in Abuja. Mm-hmm. The doctor was like, we should, we should, my mom should rush me immediately to either Guaglada Specialist Hospital or National Hospital. If not, I won't be able to use my legs again. And we're like, you know, it was so surprising. But we just had to follow the doctor's instruction. We left the next day, heading to Bagolada Specialist Hospital. So it's on getting there with all the tests and uh, x-ray and all that. That was where I was diagnosed of a vascular necrosis. Mm. The pain uh, is unbearable. Like, I can't even explain it. That one crisis kept me for three and a half years bedridden. I couldn't work. I couldn't do anything for myself. So... Yeah, so it was so much. So at that point, in two weeks, I was transfused five times. Mm. On that two weeks, yeah. So my my family had spent all, as in, it drained us all financially. So we couldn't continue, and I was asked to go for a hip replacement surgery. Mm. But the cost at that time, we couldn't afford it. At that yeah. time, I was. We're told like a, a one point something million then, but my I had lost my dad in year two thousand. So it has been my mom that has been 
shouldering all the okay. responsibilities mm. you know so imagine taking care of three warriors at the same time there are times that two of us can be in the hospital at the same time yeah or three of us can be down mm. yeah so it was that taxing so when we asked to go for that hip replacement surgery we couldn't afford it and that was where we had to resign to go back home mm. because there was no funds to keep me in that hospital i had stayed for more than a month in that hospital so nothing new was happening again and we just had to go so we asked to go we left back home so that was where the journey started i couldn't walk i was being carried about so i was just hoping that okay fine i was like i was just waiting maybe the day i would not uh, wake up again because everyone had lost hope on me it was that bad and if i'm being carried you hear the sound from my hip bone you know there's like two bones cracking so that one was another headache already what's the situation right i mean this happened in 2004 four okay oh that's a yeah. long time so what's what's the situation like right now are, are you still can you walk can you move around are you still being aided so what's what's yeah. what's it like right now for you yeah now but that particular complication cost me i got deformed okay mm-hmm. my backbone was no longer straightened as i used to, to be then my hip bone so i couldn't walk straight anymore so for that long not using a part of my body for that long three and a half years just being in bed yeah mm. so that affected my bone so it has affected me the way i walk but being a determined and a resilient person yeah i was i had to pick up life again no doubt there, there, there was a, at a point i was depressed yes mm-hmm. i had given up on my own self but I, when i saw that i i keep waking up every morning i just had to pick my life again so that was the period i had an encounter with god for myself so i had an encounter with god like okay i was asking so many questions but why as in why should i go through this you know yeah. mm-hmm. it was too much so the only thing i had left was god and my family Mm. because medications at a point stopped working it wasn't working anymore wow. so i was just on on prayers you know prayers were going on we we're going to uh, programs you know to just see how a miracle can happen mm. but when i started encountering god on my own daily i pray that was where i had to learn how to pray for long you know I, that was it was only god that was the last hope i had mm. Mm. so I started seeing the promises of God in his word like okay this I will come out of this so that's how getting that assurance so my faith became built up I started having confidence in myself okay so my education was stopped for that three and a half years so I started again I had to start building my confidence mm-hmm. because I was I was shut out from the world for those three and a half years. People that knew me then, by the time they saw me again, I had to start facing the world because at first I was scared. How will I face the world yeah, again? Yeah, acceptance. Okay, mm. how? Because even those three and a half years, those period of three and a half years, the friends, the few friends I had, they all left. Mm. No one was coming again. Everyone just abandoned me, you know. 
So I was just left with my family alone. So how will I face the world? That was my greatest uh, challenge. How will I start again? You know, but through the help of God and encouragement from my family, I had to pick up again. again. So first, I had to start doing exercises to start to use my feet. So I started learning how to walk again like a baby. And I was using the aid of two sticks. Hmm. So I within the house, I was just moving from one chair to the other, you know, from one cushion to the other. I was just trying to exercise my bones again, you know, trying to be strong again. It wasn't a, an easy one. It was really painful and difficult. But I just had to live again. Hmm. I just had to. So is is this still possible for a surgery to happen or is that is that it? Is that still a possibility of surgery, something like that? Yeah, there's a possibility. There is. There's a possibility of a surgery. Yes, because we've been hearing of a new, ad the advancement in technology, you know, new advancements. There are so many things coming up now. Mm -hmm. Treatment, treating, uh, treatment for sickle cell and all that. So there is. But the, the cost is always the challenge. The yes, cost of uh, mm. going for this country is the major challenge. Yeah. I mean, your life is, is one testimony every day. But then I want you to talk to people that are in this same condition, maybe younger. And um, are there things that you do daily that could help them? Maybe the food you eat. Um, and I, I, you mentioned stuff like not sleeping in any cold environment are there other things yeah. that you do that could also help someone that is also in this condition especially if they are younger and they've not experienced the level of crisis that you have yeah. gone through that they can learn from you know what what okay. are those things yes okay first i will say sickle is very expensive to manage mm. very expensive to manage yes so but there are things that we can do to try to reduce the crisis, okay, the frequent crisis, okay. There are things, ways we can manage it. One of the things we can do, the tips that can help us as warriors to stay healthy, yeah, is like finding a good medical care. Okay. We should always be close to our medical care, yes, because that care will help us to detect if there's any complications, you know, to address it before it becomes full blown, mm -hmm. then to go for regular checkups. Mm. Despite the economic situation in our country, which warriors should try in any possible way to be on regular checkups. It helps. Then to prevent infections. Because infection is one thing that that um, we are prone to infections. Mm. So we should keep infections at arm's length. Sleep with mosquito-treated nets, you know, avoid mosquito bites, bacteria infections. Yeah. So anything that will get us infected, we should stay away from it. Mm -hmm. Learn healthy habits. There are so many healthy habits you should learn, you know. Things you should eat, you should eat healthy. Vegetables, fruits, and mm. water. Mm. You know, that water is something like, someone will say, you should drink water like a fish. <laughs> mm. So as in just keep drinking water because that water helps the blood to flow okay. without it being sticky, you know. Yeah. So then get support. There are many sickle cell foundations that assist warriors in their routine drugs, counseling, yeah. and all that. Don't mm -hmm. stay alone. 
don't don't manage it alone get help from you know because you associating with other warriors you get to find out more you get more information you know yeah then true. our daily routine drugs many warriors don't do this honestly the routine drugs please is very very important to stay on our routine drugs mm. uh folic acid uh paludrine blood uh, blood supplements azrozira there are many other drugs that helps us to stay away from crisis so i wish we all find what works for us because there is not all that works for everyone mm. so then taking much fluids drinking plenty of fluids you know if you can just take the water you can you can turn your fruit into smoothies you know there are many mm. ways just find a way of getting hydrated yeah. just stay hydrated then mm. proper sleep adequate sleep mm. many warriors face uh, many sleep sleep disorder called insomnia mm-hmm. so just to find proper rest because when we are stressed out it affects us it affects mm. so it's just to find a way to sleep properly and if you if any warrior that has a sleep disorder please talk to your doctor mm. uh, one final question is there's this i don't know if it's a myth um, but then i've heard people say you can outgrow the crisis I don't know is that is that a correct thing is that um, is that information right can you outgrow um sickle cell crisis or is it you keep having it till whenever yeah we we too when i was going up ahead of that the when you get to a certain age but hey i uh, make the inquiries with if that is really true but i don't think it's not true it is not true at all it is not true Just maybe it works for a few people but mm, different experiences i see how is it now what what's on your table what are you working on what are you doing currently i know you are an advocate for sickle cell what other things are you involved in okay uh, i'm a founder of jesus girls club is a an offline an offline club where i gather young teenage girls you know just to see how i can impact positively into them by advising them you know teaching them morals how to live a healthy self esteem mm-hmm. how to prevent all these social vices you know how to just be good and also to be in their field of study to be excellent so i just got these teenage girls you know it's uh, that that has been running for like 2 3 years now mm-hmm. and i provide sanitary pad for them because in the part of the community i came to live in i noticed that there are girls that still make use of rags mm. for their menstrual cycle yes i heard of it and that really broke my heart so uh in the little way i, I can i started providing not that i'm earning any i'm not working but the way people bless me how i just get the few things i do that I get money so i provide the sanitary pads for them mm-hmm. monthly so that's what i've been doing for for two years now so and uh, i i still go about my advocacy that one is really uh, really on that mm. so and i'm um, just uh, learning one or two things on the internet so that is my life now so mm. and there are many projects that still come so I, i just finished rounding up a project back to school campaign where provided uh, writing materials for children in public school a public school around here where children do have writing materials so i was able to put up uh, a post on my facebook 
to ask uh, for sponsors and people that so there are people that reach out to me i was able to get some exercise books pens barrels erasers uh, you know yeah. so i was able to i did that and i posted on my facebook uh wow. page so wow wow well done yeah. i mean you're doing a whole lot to living as a warrior as a sickle cell warrior that is very inspiring well done and thank you so much for sharing this story today i mean i hope it inspires people because if you are doing this much fighting your daily battles i mean it should inspire someone to keep doing what they should do and keep inspiring other people thank you so much mary for sharing your story on the show with me today thank you so much i appreciate you thank you you're welcome and be good take care of yourself Yes, Ma. You are doing great too. Thank you. Ma, grease your elbow. God bless you. You too. Thank you. So, bye-bye. Have a good day. Bye. Thank you. And that was the story of Mary Philip, a sickle cell warrior. You know, when you don't hear people's story, you, you probably don't have an idea of what someone next door is going through. What a life. What a daily life of, of battle but it is for Mary and so many other people like her out there. And today I just want to reiterate to everyone out there that is listening to me, if you still have the opportunity to save the next generation from this crisis, please do. Please do. Please confirm that your genotype is safe for the next generation not to go through this, this daily battle, this crisis. This episode is just to, to bring again this information to everyone that sickle cell is an issue. Sickle cell warriors are living daily in, in struggles and the next generation should not go through this. If we can help them avoid it, the better for us all. This has been Rooted and Robust Podcast. My name is Uzioma Anyoji and I will come your way again next week with another episode. Stay productive. God bless you. Bye-bye.